Welcome to the Maverick Mindset Podcast, a podcast that will explore the stories of people who have chosen to take life into their own hands, in their own way, and define what success means for them. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and maybe even learn something new. My name is Romeo Santos, and I'll be your host. This is the Maverick Mindset Podcast. Let's go. What's up, Maverick Nation? It's your host, Romeo Santos, and I'm so excited about the guests that we have today. What you're going to hear from Mrs. Melanie Montague, the co-owner of Montague Properties, is a story of trials and tribulations that have turned into a passion for growth and growing others and a truly successful business and life. I can't wait for you guys to hear all the stories. Let's jump right in. What's up, Maverick Nation? It's Romeo Santos, your host, and I'm here with a very good friend of mine. I'm very excited, Mrs. Melanie Montague, which is really funny because I'm Romeo and she's a Montague. (laughs) (laughs) Never thought about that. (laughs) That's right. That's right. All right. So what we're going to be doing today is talking to Melanie about her business, the incredible business that her and her husband have built and the amazing team that they have uh, and all the things that she's done and her life journey that's brought her to this point. So Melanie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Nice to see you, Romeo. It's been a while, but always good. Been a while. I think the last time we've seen each other face-to-face was family reunion. I think you're right. That was Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, a year and a month. That's right. A year and a month. Yeah, it's been too long. Been too long. Yeah. All right. So what's been going on in the last year? What's going on with your business? I know that you're still rocking and rolling and doing great things. Yeah, so we had a great year last year. Um, you know, pandemic, you never knew know what was going to happen. We were just like the oh crapola factor that most people had at the very beginning. Um, and then we just thrived. Uh, we ended up closing 120 transactions at 46 million um, during a pandemic. And um, it didn't really stop. It slowed down for like two weeks. And I was like, hmm, what's happening? And then it was like crazy from there on out. So yeah, I mean, that's what happened last year. That's where we are. Um, We recently hired an ISA on our team. There's eight of us now. So there's, uh, we have one administrative assistant. Um, She's amazing. She does everything under the sun for us. I don't know how I'd work without her. Um, We have our ISA and the rest are agents and agents on my team can buy and sell, you know, list and work with buyers. I don't uh, discriminate. I don't want to say discriminate, but I don't want to say that they can't do one or the other because I think opportunity is opportunity. Why limit them, right? We don't want to limit our successes. Awesome. Awesome. So um, obviously you and I know exactly what you're talking about because it's real estate and that's the business that we're both in, but tell us a little bit about what your business is, not only your, your, your like main primary business, but also some of these other really cool things that you do. Sure. Sure. So obviously I'm a real estate agent and I'm in the real estate business selling houses. Um, I've been doing that for 20 years at this point, got into selling real estate, uh, ran restaurants before that. Um, got out of there and one of my bartenders told me I'd be a good real estate agent. So I signed up for real estate class and figured what the, Hey, let me try it. And here I am 20 years later. So that's kind of how I fell into this business, you know? And the funny thing is Romeo is I used to think that real estate agents, you're going to laugh when I tell you this, were like the scum of the earth. I used to really <laughs> think that they were like dogs. Um, so I guess I'm now I'm a dog, um, but I'll tell you, it works really good. So I'm in it. Um, Other businesses that we have, um, we own vacation rentals. 
Um, and that is an amazing business. Uh, it's a little bit different than long-term rentals. It's short-term rentals, weekends, weeks, sometimes months. It just kind of depends on what somebody's coming to stay for. Um, we provide everything in the house. So you've heard of VRBO or Airbnb. That's exactly what these are. So um, we have four of those. And actually, it's really exciting. We're building our fifth one. Um, and we're building it down at Smith Mountain Lake in Virginia, and it is going to be lakefront. Um, so we're kind of going outside of our little comfort zone with that and building a big house, a 4,000 square foot house on a lake. Um, but it'd be really cool. It'd be really cool. We can go there and visit and use it. Um, and then we have long-term rentals that we work with that we um, have had for years. Our first long-term rental, we lived in ourselves and then we bought a house and we kept it. That's kind of how that rolled. And we just kept getting more. Um, and then uh, we also work with the Grid Investor Network. So we have a chapter of that in Prince Frederick, Maryland, and that's an investor network. So we work with investors. We teach people how to buy, sell, buy, hold, vacation rentals, wholesale, um, connect them with other people within the network because that network is nationwide. Um, now it is, and it's really cool because if you want to know about condo conversions and you call me, I can find you somebody that can teach you all about condo conversions, but I don't know about them because we don't have a lot where I am. Right, um, right. so it's a really cool network. So we're, we dabble in all of that at this point. That's amazing. And you know, something that I've always really loved about you is, is your desire to help others and to do a lot of teaching. Um, yeah. where do you think that came from for you? Was it somebody that helped you or is it kind of how you've always been? Um, I think I was wired that way, but I can tell you, you learn from people around you. Um, and looking back in time, um, my mom recently passed away. And then looking at all of the things that people said about her, at uh, she worked at Geico for 58 years. Oh my God. And right. And she was an icon. My dad worked there as well for 50 some years. And oh I looked at the things that people wrote about her, and I was like, oh, it's clear as day. That's where I get it from. I get it from my parents. They were just, that's what they do. And that's the way they were. My house was always the house everybody came to. My door was always an open policy for our friends. Um, Judy and Ralph never once didn't say, don't come over. Your friends aren't allowed. They eat too much food. They cause too much trouble or anything like that. Um, we used to have volleyball tournaments with 300 people at our house with kegs and the whole nine yards. So um, it was a very cool place to live growing up. Um, but I think it taught a lot. We always gave to people and they never once complained. And we didn't have tons of money, but my parents never complained about doing any of it. They just really found joy in it. And I find that's me. Like I find joy in helping people. I find joy in having people around and, and stuff like that. It just is a, it's, you know, it's like selling real estate. When you get to the settlement table, um, a lot of people look at that as a paycheck. I look at it as like, I'm changing someone's life. You know, like if it's like their first time home buyer, like they're building wealth for themselves. And that's like, so exciting because nobody else taught them how to do that. And they will always remember me. And I always try to give them like tidbits to help them out. So that's really kind of where it comes from. That's just, I'm wired that way. I love that. That's really awesome. And, and I agree with you on that last statement that you made about, you know, the real estate table. I, I, I try to stress that all the time with, you know, agents on the team or even just somebody that I might be talking to that's getting into the business is like, you know, this is a really big deal. And this is your opportunity to, to, to forge that relationship for forever, you know, yeah. and to really 
help them to continue to go to truly be a resource for them, not just somebody that helped them buy a house and then they never hear from you again or help yeah. them sell their house and you never hear from them again. Like really be there, really do things for them. And I think you do a really great job of that as well. Obviously we're, we're, we're you know, both from the Keller Williams world where a lot of that is taught and a lot of that is, is um, you know, really push forward that that's the way that you should do and create clients for life. And, and I really love that. And also I think that a big part of, you know, the Keller Williams world that we were in is, is the investment side that you're doing. You know, Gary Keller's always saying like, you're in the best seat in the house when it comes to a real estate investing. Like you see every house before anybody else does. Why are you yeah. not investing in real estate? I think that was actually the family reunion we were at. He said something almost exactly like that. Like you guys see it first. You're a fool if you're not investing, which probably is exactly what he said. Cause he's that type of personality. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and I love that, you know, you, you've, you've, you've just continued to build that and now you're in grid and you're doing that. But when you first talked to, how did you go from deciding that I'm leaving hospitality? Cause I'm also hospitality. Like we have a very similar background and it's hard to get out of that business. So how did you make that leap from a somewhat secure yet hectic business into a very insecure yet rewarding business. So it's interesting you asked that. So years went by after that, that I would never really um, tell the truth about what happened with me. So mm. what happened was um, I worked for the hospitality business for the same company for nine years. I was a managing partner. Um, I had become a manager at 21, uh, general manager at 23. So I was very young in running a $3 million a year restaurant. Um, in that timeline, there's a lot of learning curves that happened. Um, I had a really supportive uh, supervisor that held my hand and then he got transferred and then I got a different supervisor. And um, that was a little oil and water, a little bit of oil and water. So that, that individual continued to be my supervisor through the duration of my time. Um, and you know, I can say I didn't handle things hundred percent correct all the time. Um, but I ran one of the best restaurants in the, in the company, lowest food costs, uh, lowest payroll, very profitable. And one day I, uh, came to set my restaurant up and, um, I set everything up. My boss shows up and says, Hey, let me show you something out front, which was not, not weird for him. That's just normal. And uh, pulled me out front and said, uh, his boss was there and they sat me down and they offered me a severance package. Oh, wow. And I said, I don't really understand. I run one of the best restaurants. I have this or that. And they were like, their reason was I just didn't get it. Mm. So I said, okay, that's fine. Um, it was a shock. Uh, looking back in time, there were things that were said to me. I was, I was pulled aside, asked to be met at a different restaurant location outside my boss said to me you know Melanie these things are happening to you because you're a female literally said that to me oh, wow. um so when that stuff happened that went down I was really lost because that was really where I put all my eggs right you know I mean I didn't know anything else and um I it was like a shocker to the system so I took two months off I had saved some money and I took two months off to try to figure out well, what I wanted to do. And as much as I love the restaurant industry and hospitality, I knew that I was not going to go back into that because then my life would be very different, you know? And then I got my real estate license. I was like, sure, let me just try this. And you know what's really interesting about all of that, Romeo, is I was really embarrassed. Sorry for the noise. I was embarrassed to tell people that story because 
I felt like a failure and I felt like, um, you're like, wow, Melanie, you're such a loser. Like who would get fired? And I never lost a job before in my life. Like I'm the compliant person and lo and behold, um, that was growth. That was growth for me. It pushed me into a place I needed to be. And if that had never happened, I would never be where I am today ever. I would still be living in this duplex with about 1500 square feet and, um, making my 9200 to $120,000 a year, thinking that's super awesome. And, and not that it's not, it is, yet I, it, it's just the opportunity working for somebody else. And so it really projected me. Shad and I often talk about how if that had never happened, we would never be where we are and how grateful I am. So it took me a while to come around to that gratefulness and it was funny, I said to him one day, I said, I should send him an, a, a thank you card. <laughs> and I have not, I probably should. Um, but here's what's really ironic. So his boss, so my boss's boss yeah. is now in real estate. <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the story, um, full wow. truth. And, um, and I didn't do anything wrong. So it was just yeah. one of those things, you know, oil and water. I, yeah. Well, I didn't always handle everything right. Let's just put it that way. Cause I sure, sure. Well, my that, mind sometimes. At that, at that age time. And, and well, and you, you have a, you have, you have a, a, a pretty, you know, dominant, powerful personality, not rude, not mean, but like, you know what you want, you say what you mean. Yeah. And so I can see how some people, they might not be able to handle that. Right. And they, they, I can see how somebody would, would look at it in a way that it's not actual because of their own insecurity. So I could certainly see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, it's, one of my favorite sayings, and, and I can't, I don't know if this person made it up, but um, my, my coach, um, Jennifer Schiff, she always says, you have to have breakdowns to have breakthroughs, you know? And, yeah. and I love that saying, because it, it really helps you to focus when something hits you to go, okay, what can I learn from here? What can happen next? And, you know, what's funny is I, I got licensed in 2001, probably same time around that you did. Yeah. And I went through and I had some breakdowns and I ended up back in real uh, food and beverage. And, and then I, you know, d- did a, a good deal of growth in there. And then I had a similar situation where I got sat down one day and I got fired and I actually like felt relieved. I was like, oh, I called my, I called my, my girlfriend, then my now wife, Sarah. And I'm like, and she's like, what are you doing? Aren't you at work? And I was like, I just got let go. And she's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, I'm actually great. I'm going to go home and sit on the couch and just chill out. <laughs> right. And, and, yeah. and then that sparked a few other things and, and it put me in a few different directions. I didn't know where I was going to go, but ultimately brought me back into, into real estate, which now like our lives the same, like you're saying are so much different than they would have been. We have two oh, yeah. daughters, yeah. two little girls now that I would never in that world be able to spend the time with them that I'm able to now. I would not have the control over the life that I have and also had so much growth, right? Because being very yeah. lucky to be introduced to a couple of people, you know, Michael and Jennifer Schiff and all the growth that they had in their business, growth mindset more than just the numbers growth, that changed me, right? That totally yeah. changed me because- you probably can identify with this coming out of hospitality. There's a lot of like sarcasm and negativity inside of that world. Right. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot. Yes. Yeah. There there's is. a lot. <laughs> and, and that, and the, and the environment that we're in now is totally different, right? It's like, how can you grow? How can you learn from things? How can yeah. you do all these things? So, so it, would you say that that was maybe one of the largest um, kicks, kicks in the gut in your, in your professional career? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're on this path and, and up until that point, everything had gone the way, I mean, I was just, you know, like I said, I was 21, then I was 23 and I got, you know, 
you know, promoted and I was making all this money. And I mean, I was like 26 years old making a hundred grand a year. It's crazy. That's you know, lot. like what the hey? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it was the biggest kick. I mean, you know, I, I, um, I think there's been two, two major things in my world. That would be one of them. And the other one, you're going to laugh. And a lot of people are like, you did that? And I was like, yeah, I did this. Um, I was 19 and I um, left a note on my parents' doorstep and I packed all my stuff in my car and I left with my boyfriend and I went to Florida. Oh, wow. And they were like, you? I was like, yeah, I, I just did it. I just felt like I needed to like do something, but it was very eye-opening. Like I was not going home. Um, no matter what, I don't care what happened. Like I was not calling my parents to come get me. <laughs> no way. Um, and I never went home since. So I went home. I, I mean, I went, I went down there. I had some, some negative experiences. Um, I worked two jobs, you know, uh, realized that that was not like the right person. That was not the right thing and needed to make a change. So I made a change, went back to Phil. Well, I went to Philadelphia and then was up there for a little while. And then I came back to Maryland, but I never moved home. My parents did help me a little bit, but for the most part, by 19, I was done with college. I was out working in the industry because I went to culinary school and um, that was a game changer. It made me grow up. Like I was mature, but that really made me grow up because it was either like, you know, get your crap together or go home. And I wasn't going home. So I had to get my crap together. So I think like that was a big experience for me. The, um, the experience that I told you about just before this prior. And then um, looking back in hindsight, my first job I worked at for six years. So I'm not a job hopper. Um, and you remember the Amish market in Burtonsville? A hundred percent. Yeah. So I was 15 years old. I got a job at the Amish market selling produce. And I mean, the questions I got asked from people, do you have to dress in those uniforms or those right. costumes? I'm like, no, I'm not Amish. Right. Um, so that was a really cool experience because um, I got a job there just as a, cause they were open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I could still do my sports and school and stuff. And what that taught me because my friends would come over with their parents and I would talk to them and my boss would always be like back there at the corner and he would be like, Mel, you can talk to them at school. Mm. And I was like, okay. And um, so by the time it was the end of that year, I was managing the stand. Um, I had a key to the entire place and I closed the entire place down every Friday night when I was 16 years old. Wow. And um, I worked there for six years. That taught me a lot of responsibility, um, but also taught me, not that my parents didn't te teach me work ethic because they did, but that taught me a different kind of work ethic. It was like really supportive of you know, where I needed to go. And I think that those are defining things that happened in my life. Working for Dave Fisher, um, getting my job at Chili's, getting fired from Chili's and um, leaving my house at 19, like really set up like me to the point where I was like, I'm nothing's going to stop me from doing what I want to do. And it's kind of like defining factors in your world. And I don't know, like I think about it sometimes, like where would I be if I didn't do those things, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know, and I don't really care because I'm happy where I am and just continue to grow. That's awesome. So, you know, obviously through a lot of those 
you had opportunities that you could have just quit and said, I, I've had enough. I mean, where do you think the, the, the personality type came from to give you the strength that even when stuff started to hit the fan that you pushed through? Because a lot of people don't have that in them. Sure, sure. So um, I come from very stubborn people. Um, my, uh, my mom used to tell me, you are just like your dad's mom sometimes. And I am, I am. Um, and just like my dad, um, I've had to learn to control some of my, um, personality. Like I have an alter ego and her name is melanoma. She is not very friendly. I don't really like her, uh, yet sometimes she is necessary. Um, and I've had to learn like when, when I feel her come about, like it's done, I'm done for the day. I got to walk away from you. I got to walk away from everything and I need to come back in a different capacity. Mm. Um, sorry, my printer is going to go off because my kid's doing school. No um, so anyway, um, so I, I think that I know that it comes from just hardy background. You know, my, my dad was super stubborn. My grandmother was super stubborn and my husband will tell you I'm super stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think stubborn, stubborn is, I think oftentimes it gets a bad rap, but Stubborn is also really, it, it's, it's grit, right? Perseverance, yeah. right? Like, like I refuse to fail or I refuse to give up. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever had these experiences, but I've definitely had some experiences, especially coming into real estate full-time and finally settling on, okay, we're going to grow a team. We're going to, you know, do this and turn it into a business, not just a, not just a, a thing that makes me income. And you know, in that process, there's, there were certainly times where I was like, I even like, I, I tell the story. It wasn't, but maybe three years ago, even I'm coming up forest drive to make a right into my community here in Annapolis, uh, on heritage, um, uh, South Cherry Grove. And there's a sign, one of those light up signs. Yeah. And it was like Annapolis police department now hiring. And I was like, I could do that. I'm still fit enough. I could be a cop. Right. And I pull in and I drive down. I'm like, what the heck are you even talking about? Why? Just keep going. You're, you're, you're on your way. You're on your way. Right. And so like oftentimes it feels like not, and there's a lot of self-talk, right? There's a lot of yeah. like, don't you dare give up. Like you're almost there. We know that just on the other side of that level of uncomfort or, or fear that that's where everything gets a little bit more smooth. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, got my license in 2001 and I, I, thrived in 2009. Now, wasn't that I didn't do any business between 2001 and 2009. I mean, I was doing 25 deals a year, 30 deals a year, all of those years, 2009 came and, you know, I was just like, this is not going to beat me. And that was a difference. You know, it was funny. A friend of mine who was a lender at the time we were talking and he was like, we've made it this far. If we quit now, we're like losers. So we're not quitting. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm not quitting. Um, and that is really kind of where my career started taking off. So I started realizing that I thrive in adverse situations, which you think about a pandemic, you think about 2009, like, and, and I think that the reason, like looking back and you look at those things and dissect, like, why is that? Why do you do that? And I think what it is, is when things are good, you get very complacent, right? You get comfortable and you're, you're just going with the flow. I mean, things are just working. When you have adversity or something like that, then you have to figure out how to make it work. And I'm good at, I'm good at that. I'm a really good problem solver. So it's like, okay, let's make this work. Um, 
and I think that's where the where like you say the grit and the stubbornness really comes into play because it's not a bad thing you have to learn how to use it appropriately for your business and your world and yourself you know um and I think that seeing the way I work being pushed out of that comfort zone more often would make me thrive more and more and more and more it's you know we just get in a groove sometimes and you're just like this is awesome right right right. yeah I, I I always like to tell um the team and even I have to remind myself on a regular basis if you're not feeling at least slightly uncomfortable on a daily basis you're probably not trying hard enough right yeah. Right. Like you should feel yeah. a little uncomfortable. Like I'm going to do this thing right now and I don't really want to, but, or as we like to say in KW and, and. I'm going to do it anyways. Right. <laughs> right. I'm right. going to do it anyways. For sure. For sure. All right. So um, awesome stories. Thank you for sharing all that with us. I, I think that's going to be really helpful for people out there that are listening. Talk to us about how you, it sounds like, like most people at the beginning, the investment it was almost an accidental investor. We like to call it, right? Like you just happen to keep a house buy another house after that. Did it become mm-hmm. purposeful or did you mm-hmm. already have in mind? Like we're going to keep this and then we're going to compound on top of that. Yeah. So it became purposeful at that point. Um, so let's just backtrack to that house. So we had that house. Um, my husband had bought it when he um, uh, made a change in relationships in his world and um, needed a place to live. And it was better to buy than renting. So he bought, and um, so that house had, the market had gone up. We had taken money out of that house and we bought two more houses with it. Um, Now we don't use that method today. There are many people that do use that method and that's okay, that's their choice. This is not our personal method. Um, So with that, we had bought another one and we helped, you know, we bought another house. So, and then we bought the house that we moved to, we just kept that one. Right. So then it became purposeful that we were going to buy a certain number of houses per year. It was one per year is what our goal was. Um, and then we bought the house we're in today. And um, so after that, we had to take a hiatus because we, we overbought for us. Like, I mean, we could pay our mortgage, but we didn't have a lot of extra money to be putting down payments, 20% down on houses and stuff. So the plan kind of got, you know, um, put to the side. And then I met a client who was an investor's coach and um, I was his agent. So I would go with him and all of his students and show them houses every weekend and listen to everything that he was saying to them. And I came home and I was like, this is not brain surgery. We could totally do this. So Chad was still working at Chili's and we talked about it. And then we purchased our first property from that um we paid ninety seven thousand dollars for it and trust me it was no paint and carpet deal um we had to put in a well uh, a septic a new roof all new windows um we had to first get the poison ivy from growing inside the house outside um i mean it was a serious project and that was our first like flip. So I guess I kind of like to dive all in when I do something. <laughs> There's no middle ground. Let's do it. Um, so we bought that for ninety seven and sold it for four hundred thousand dollars. Wow. It took a while to do. We were learning curve, but we, but I had the support of my investor client, and so we ended up then at that point being able to 
um, we made a really good profit off that house. So then we were able to turn that. We learned a lot. It was a great learning curve. Um, but again, we went all in. So, I mean, it can't get worse than that one, right? I mean, well, septic, roof, the whole nine yards. Um, and then a couple of years later, we bought a farmhouse. Now we bought properties in the middle and I say you can't get worse. So we bought this farmhouse because I had to have it. Um, I drove past it every day for years and it just sat there vacant and it came for sale. And I was like, we're buying that house. And we bought it. And uh, it was 1900s. That's when it was built. And it took us a year and a half to renovate it. And that sounds a really long time, but we needed a septic in that house too. Oh and it couldn't get a regular septic. It had to be a mound system. And if you know anything about mound systems, they can only get put in when the weather is hot because the ground has to be a certain dryness. So, um, so anyway, so they were holding off on, on permits for that. So anyway, long story short, fast forward, you know, here we are. And so um, that's really kind of how I, how we fell into this investing world. So we got, it, we fell into it, then it got purposeful. And then from there, we've just decided like, okay, how many houses do we want to own? How many rentals do we want to own? And then the vacation rental thing kind of fell into our laps too, because then we had a child and we went out somewhere that we had to go stay in a hotel and Grayson was like six months old. Um, miserable. That was like the worst hotel experience ever because he's not that kid that can sleep so if there's stuff going on so we went to bed at eight o'clock i was like can we just have like a monitor and we can go have a drink at the bar i don't think that's really bad parenting is it <laughs> what it was so we didn't do that um so and needless to say we went to bed and i said we're never doing this again we're renting places and then it was like why can't we do this right. we can totally do this and then we um Chad showed a house for an investor and the agent kept calling him and saying, do you want to buy this house? Any offer, bring any offer. We don't really care. Any offer. And Chad was like, Melanie. And I was like, screw it. Let's do it. So um, brought them an offer. They accepted it. We started demo and I got this email. Now from many nights of being up when Chad was working at Chili's, I would go on like HGTV sites and stuff like that. And you can sign up like as an agent, you can sign up to see like where they're filming and stuff like that. And who's going to film in Southern Maryland? Like nobody, it's not a big city. You know what I mean? Like there's no chance. So I get this email that says, is anyone going to, uh, do you have any clients or you know of anybody that has recently bought a, um, a cheap beachfront or near the water bargain house? we are filming in your area. And I was like, hmm, I have. So I was like, doo -doo 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 -doo. and next thing you know, I was like, stop renovations. And then that house went on HGTV. That's, awesome. <laughs> that <is> so, cool. <laughs> so that's how we got into the vacation rentals. So now we have four of those. So, and building our fifth. So it's kind of like, um, things have come in your play. I'm a firm believer that like life presents itself when it's supposed to, to you. Yeah. So either you're really wet, ready to take it or not. And we were ready. So we took it. I love that. And you know, what I, what I hear in there is a, a lot of like also luck, but I believe, like you said, if you are out there doing the things that you need to, 
like you can almost create luck, right? Like luck yeah. starts to follow you around. And so, you know, a lot of that is being right place at the right time, doing the things that you're doing. You know, you meet this guy, you get some, some information on there. And so all those things that you can only get if you're actually being active and doing th something, if you're attempting to chase something there, but there's opportunity all around you. You have to have your eyes open for it though. And I mean, yeah. what an incredible thing, right? So tell us about that experience being on HCTV. Um, when I see saggy floor joists, <laughs> I see dollar signs. Um, that was one of the things I had to say once I was prompted. Um, so that's an interesting experience. That was uh, a lot of filming, a lot of fun. It went on for a long time. Um, the first couple of days we filmed day in, day out for, well, what was interesting, it was supposed to be like 12 hours a day, what we would finish in about like eight to 10 hours. And that was because Shad and I are in the real estate industry. So we could talk about the houses and walk through and say things they wanted us to say mm. without really telling us, you know? Um, so that was really cool. And then, um, so it was bargain beachfront hunt renovation. If you want to see it, you can look it up. Um, Chesapeake beach, uh, I think it's 2017. Awesome. We'll put, um, we'll put it in the show notes and also below in the, in the video. Yeah, I can get you the link. It's, it's, it's fun. It was funny. The house that we're building down in Virginia, I didn't even tell Shad this yet. So the lender, it's a local bank down there. She calls me and she says, hey, I meant to tell you, I was cooking dinner and all of a sudden I hear Melanie and Shad Montague. And I'm thinking, how many names of people are Melanie and Shad Montague? And it was HGTV. It was you guys on TV. Um, it was hysterical. <laughs> it was like so funny. Um, sorry. <laughs> a little sidetrack note. Um so the experience was really cool. Um, you know, we went through that process, filmed, and then as they would put like GoPro cameras in the house and our contractors would work and then they would come down every couple of weeks and then we'd have to show up and do like little outcast, like little things, outtakes. Mm -hmm. um, and we learned little things like camera tight, get really close, um, you know, just, just different stuff. Um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, the reveal was fun. We had friends come, family come, our lender come, you know what I mean? The it's kind awesome. of a thing. They all were on the TV. I'm so sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and, um, of course, uh, you know, oh, Lord, sorry. Uh, Tim walks in, he's like, this is amazing. It's exactly <laughs> what he would want, right? But that's just his personality. Um, but it was fun. It was long. We started in October. And if anyone ever tells you to close your eyes and look at the sun and then you'll be able like count for 30 seconds and then you'll be able to open your eyes and see, like look straight in a the camera, they're lying to you. They told us that because we always had to face the sun and you're not allowed to wear sunglasses. So I, a lot of times like this, I was like a pirate. I was like, well, I just have to be a pirate because I can't see, I, this is miserable. Um, but it was a fun experience. It was a lot of fun and it still plays. I'm just telling you, it still airs all the time. And people, we get texts, hey, I see you all on TV. That's awesome. Yeah, what a great thing. I mean, it's really incredible and and, and bringing value as well still. That's yeah. great. Awesome. Cool. All right. And so now now the real estate team, you guys, you guys have you guys have been on the grow for a little time now, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I think when yeah. when we it was funny when I when I joined the Annapolis office and I'm like, hey, we went. We went to the same high school, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and 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 my buddies worked at the Chili's that you were in, right? And so it was like this reunion, right? right? I know, all, your, I know really, all your buddies. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I know your buddies probably better than you know your buddies. Yeah. And so um, you know, you guys, you guys were growing at that point, but I I don't think you had eight agents at that point. You were maybe what four or five agents at that point. 
So we have eight total, right? So we have yeah. six agents, right? So two of them are admin. Um, probably then, no, it would be me and Tammy and Shad and um, right. Amy. So there's four of us, yeah. Yeah. Four. Now, I mean, like with the real estate team, I'm not looking to have like a team of 50. Let's yeah. just, I'm not going to say I would never do that because there's a lot, I said I'd never have a real estate team. So I don't want to say never to anything ever again. I think that wherever opportunity takes you is where you'll go. Um, yet I will say that like my goal is to get to hundred million and I can do hundred million with the people I have. I don't yeah, need yeah. 30 people. Um, we did 46 million with us and I can tell you my agents were not working to full capacity because three of them are brand new. So if you look at that, you do the math. Um, my goal is to make every person on my team a millionaire and oh, really? teach them how to grow their wealth and help them prosper in life. Um, if I'm the only person winning because I'm the team lead, then I'm losing because nobody else is winning. So, you know, if you're going to be with me, I'm bringing you with me. Now you got to show up. And if you're not going to show up, then you might, you know, take a permanent vacation, but otherwise you're going to be with me forever, you know, kind of thing. I love that. So much value for you. Yeah. I love that. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm doing the best to model my business that same way, right? To keep it yeah. small, to keep it tight, but to do big numbers, right? To be able to provide a lot of value for a lot of people and, and the same thing, create that. And I agree. I mean, I think in our industry as well, like there's so much around, like you can build a team and you build a team and you do this, but th they don't really talk about what are you going to do to build a team that doesn't create a revolving door of people? And the only way to do that, I think, is really mm -hmm. to bring value and to create opportunity and too often, I think it's, it's about, you know, it's, it's about that lead agent and, and kind of for lack of a better word, almost like getting rich on the backs of these other people, not rich because, but you know what I mean? Right. And, and yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that you, you, you guys have that, that mindset in your business and that you want to provide value. And, and I think I'm the same, right. Cause I'm an investor as well. And so like, I tell people like, listen, the goal and, and almost, I don't want to say it's an absolute standard. Cause if you just don't want to, then you just don't want to, but I want you to be an investor. We work with investors. You can't go out and work with an investor if you have no idea about right. investing or if you've never if you've never felt the twinge of like, oh my God, I'm going over budget or oh my God, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to hit a reset on the hard money and pay another <laughs> set of points or any of these things where you go, ah, you just can't, you can't identify. You can't, and you, and you can't have an effective conversation with somebody yeah. where they can say, yeah, you're right, right? Like I'm, I'm getting ready to have to have a really hard conversation with a client where we knew we were pushing price and the appraisal came in short and I fought like heck to get the appraisal up because I thought they used poor comps, but you know how successful that is rarely. Right. Yeah. And they just came back and they held. And I know he's going to say, I'm just going to take it off. And I'm going to have to remind him like, listen, I know about this cost, that cost, that cost, this cost. And I know how valuable your money to be recapitalized into a profitable project would be bite the bullet, take it as a learning lesson and, and move on. But as somebody who would never have gone through that, because I've gone through that personally, it's hard for them to even be able to take you seriously, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it definitely is interesting. I mean, you know, I I think everyone in, in our business growing teams and stuff like that, they all have their own vision. And I don't think there's any one, one wrong way. I think it's just whatever you choose. Mm -hmm. um, there are some people who want to be that face on everything. And then there's other people who don't. Um, I think it's really important to invest in people. Um I think that your success is through others. It is not 100% yours. And you need to find that value in those people. Not everyone's going to do it the same way that you do. Not everyone's going to be good at this. 
or bad at this. It just depends. You got to find their talent and then work with them within that, with that. And, and I will tell you that it takes a lot of patience, um, a lot of trials and tribulations, oh, yeah. a lot of fact finding. But the other side of it is, is like, they need to know it's okay to fail too, right? Because a lot of times people come on, like they come onto the team and they're like, I feel like I'm failing you. You're not failing me. I'm still hitting my goals. So you're failing you. So how do we stop failing you? What am I doing that's, that can help you not fail you? You know, what coaching can I give you? What help can I give you? What tools do you need? And a lot of times it's just a lot about mindset. It's they don't believe in themselves enough to know that they can actually do it. They're too scared. So stop being scared. Go out there and fall down and get up and fall down and get up and fall down and get up. And eventually you're going to not fall down. And you're going to keep going. And, you know, um, my son and I talk about this and Shad and I talk about this is um, failing is learning. And um, I would tell you, like, I'm so grateful for a lot of things I learned through KW. And, and that's one of them is failing is learning. If you're going to fail, fail, fail fast, fail hard and just do it, get it out of the way, you know, so that you can grow. Um, the sooner you get tired of failing, you're going to learn we're taught from such a young age that failing is such a bad thing. Oh, don't do this or you're going to fail or don't do this. or You're going to fail. It's terrible. Like it's terrible when you stop and you think from small children, the way we condition our kids and our mindsets, no wonder people don't want to like grow bigger because they're so afraid. They're so afraid of everything that they've been like brainwashed to. And once you can erase that from someone's mind and you can say, look, it's okay. It's okay. You didn't. And I always tell people, my team no one's gonna die today in real estate we can fix almost anything that happens you know um so no one's gonna die so if you don't get the house it's okay if you didn't put this addendum in we can fix it you know um it just if you don't if you keep doing those things then that's a problem but we'll make sure that you don't you know when you come from contribution people will give back to you and i just had you know really interesting conversation with one of my team members today because Shana are selling our house and we're going to buy a different house. And I really didn't want to tell them. And, and it wasn't because I didn't have respect for them. It was because I didn't want them to think that I was making all of this money and that I was better than them. That's really a big deal for me. And uh, my team member says, I don't know why you're like that. And I was like, I don't know. I have no idea why I'm like that because I didn't grow up with money. So it wasn't like I had, you know, tons and tons. Um, and he said, we all respect you so much. We're happy for you. We think that you've worked your tail off for 20 years so far and you're growing all of us and doing all these things. Like we're grateful for you and we're grateful that you can do that. And I want to be just like you. And That's that was awesome. really humbling because um, our society often judges so often based on what we wear, what we have, what we drive, where we can go, what word we said that was different with a little twang or an accent or something. Reality of it is just be you and be you. Who cares if somebody else doesn't like it? Like, does it really matter in the end? Because they're not paying your bills. And guess what? They're certainly not going to be there at your funeral. So who really cares about that? What really matters is the people around you and the people that you're affecting in a positive way and affect the world positively. Now, if they don't want to be in that, that's okay. You go over there. That's fine. I don't have to be nasty about it. Just keep on going. 
I love that. I, I think that's an incredible um, place for us to wrap this up because I don't think that we could get any better than that statement that you just made. I think that that is such an incredible message for people to hear. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I think more, more now than ever in this, in this country that we're in, like those types of messages need to be, be heard more and more. And, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Melanie, where, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and, and, you know, um, where are your service areas if people want to reach out to your team? So we work all of Maryland. I mean, we, we, we will literally go everywhere because I've got some team north and team south. Um, Virginia, I am licensed in Virginia. So um, I will go King George, uh, Northern Virginia, all the way to Stafford. I'm familiar with that. That's where my family is. Um, so it's a broad span, but we are well-versed in that. You can find me online, Melanie Montague. You just type in, you know, my name and you can spell it. Um, and you'll find me. There's not many of us around. Um, (laughs) it's pretty easy to find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I don't do a lot on like, um, TikTok or anything at this moment in time, but really Facebook is the, is the social media of choice. Montague Properties is a real estate team. You can find us on there as well. And if you're looking for houses, find MarylandHomes.com. Awesome. Amazing. Listen, uh, Melanie, we we are so grateful that you took time in a hectic uh, environment that you're in right now to share uh, all these nuggets with us. I'm positive and confident this is going to be a really impactful um, show for others that listen to it. And thank you so much for your candidness. And we wish you nothing but the best of luck as you continue to grow your amazing team. I have seen the growth in some of the agents that you brought on that were brand new when I first, you know, started over in Annapolis with you and to see them grow has been really, really cool. And I know that it has so much to do with um, the environment that they're in being around you and also Shad. So thank you for everything you do on a daily basis. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really great. It was awesome. I'm glad to see and hear that you're doing so well as well. And glad to see you too. It's great. Awesome. All right. Well, you have a great day and please send my best to everybody. Great. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Do I leave now? Oh yeah, yeah. You can, you can leave. Marcus and I are going to do a little uh, wrap up afterwards. It gets recorded, but you like, can go. Yeah, you can leave, leave it. Now? Sorry, I, sorry. I, I thought you were trying to find the the leave button. No. <laughs> that'll be an outtake, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that'll be an outtake. <laughs>